Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 273. Shining a light on some solo games. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, this week it's just me. Julius is unavailable. He's been pretty busy with uh, holidays and, and just life in general, I guess. So instead of skipping yet another week, I decided to record an episode alone. This is probably going to be a kind of short one. Uh, that's my guess, just because it's uh, they tend to be longer when there's two people talking. And also it's kind of a small game, so... You know, there you go. It'll be a small episode to go with a small game. Today's game is called Logbook of the Lighthouse Keeper. This is actually a solo RPG. It's a very rather small journaling RPG. And the theme about it is pretty much what the title is. You're a lighthouse keeper and you're keeping a logbook. The game encourages you to write in your logbook daily and make entries each day about what you saw and the weather. Along with that, they want you to keep a journal, they recommend it, you don't have to, about what's going on in more detail, because the logbook entries are really short. So first up, the summary. I think I already said that it's a role-playing game, a solo role-playing game, journaling style, you're a lighthouse keeper, and you're keeping a log uh, of what's going on. The rules in this game are pretty darn light. There aren't that many rules. Basically, each day, and this is actually a real-time game, in that the, the intent is that once a day, you will log the day's weather how many ships were sunk, if any, and, or ships seen, and any other special occurrences that you might fit in in a small line or two. And that is basically it. Besides that, you're also going to write in a journal, if you so choose. It's kind of recommended. It makes sense. Details about what's going on, what you did, and whatnot. Now, it gets a little bit more interesting than that for two reasons. First of all, you're, you're not just a lighthouse keeper. Picture a lighthouse keeper in, I believe it was in Charmouth, Connecticut, or maybe Charmouth, New Hampshire, somewhere along those lines. And I don't know if that's a real place or a made-up place for the game or what, but not only are you running a lighthouse and protecting ships from crashing into the rocks and whatnot, but there also happens to be something underneath the lighthouse that you're protecting or guarding or, or defending against, whatever, however you choose to do it. And it's something that's it could be mystical or supernatural, weird, um, sci-fi, whatever. Whatever you think makes sense, you could do it. So they suggest things like some alien technology that's down there that you want to keep it hidden and protected, maybe. Or it could be some of Craftian horror or dragon or some ancient sleeping god, whatever. It's up to you. You're going to set that at the beginning of the game. And that's going to kind of help drive the narrative of the game as you're playing in your journal. So that's the first thing that, that makes it a little more interesting. The second thing is each day, and as I said, this is a real-time game. Well, each day you're rolling three dice, a D20 and two D6. The D20 is to determine how many ships you saw. The two D6 is to, to determine what events happened, if anything. You're gonna look at a chart, a daily chart, and basically if you're playing it and it's, let's see, today is the 14th, so you're going to look in the chart on the day on day 14, and it's going to tell you what the high tide and low tides were for that day. You'll roll 2d6 and compare those numbers against the high tide and low tides. The high tides range between about 1 point or 0.8 through 6.4 or something, if I remember correct. I don't remember exactly. Um, and they kind of go up and down as tides happen to do. So, you know, during depending on where the moon is, 
the high tide may be higher or lower throughout the month. Same for the low tide. So there are actually four numbers. There's low and high tide in the morning and low and high tide in the evening. You're going to roll your 2d6, compare the first die against the morning tides, and the second die against the high tide. I'm sorry, the evening tides. Okay, so now you'll take your first die and compare it against the low tides. This is to get your your personal happenings. If the number is higher than the high tide, there's a town visitor. If the number is lower than the low tide, there's an you did an errand in town. If your number is between the low and high tides, it was an eventful day, nothing really happened. Okay, then you'll do the second die. That's to figure out what what's going on beneath the lighthouse. If it's high, if that roll, second roll is higher than the high tide, the higher than the evening tide, the restlessness causes a disturbance down there. What does that mean? It's kind of vague. We don't know. It's up for you, up to you to decide. If your roll is between them, again, it's quiet. Nothing happened. If your roll is lower than both than the low tide, lower than both really, then a, a human disturbed the entity or the thing downstairs, whatever it is. In my case, it was an well, sort of an entity. Well, actually, I never really found out. So that's how the die rolls work. Now these these personal happenings are things you're gonna not necessarily write in your log. You can you can put a brief thing went to town, but if you're gonna use them, it's gonna be more detail in that uh, journal. So those are the things you're gonna figure out from the D6. The, I told you the D20 tells you how many ships you saw. The other thing is if there's a storm, then you add up the two D6, and if it's if the number of ships you saw is higher than that. In that case, a ship sunk that night, that day. So you're going to log these things and then possibly journal about it. You're going to have a backstory because you're going to kind of, one of the things that you do up front is decide who you are, who lives in the lighthouse with you, notable characters from the town that you know, and that sort of thing. So that's basically the game. It's just writing these things out and, and journaling it, uh, playing once a day. It doesn't take very long. I played it. I will tell you what, I played it for a while and then it fizzled out. I think I played it probably for about two to three weeks. I'm not sure exactly. And I, well, let me see. From the 13th to the 25th. So 12 days and I forgot a few and then I played on the 1st of October and then I haven't played again since. I keep meaning to go back. But I seem to have lost uh, my momentum here. And uh, I'll tell you why I think I lost momentum. There's a couple. One thing I don't like about this game too much is it felt very driven. The It's really neat idea. I love the idea of working in a lighthouse. I love the idea of just writing that little log every day and then journaling something else on the side based on what's going on. The The idea that there's something under that lighthouse that you, you have to deal with is super cool. The problem I have is that the random events were, A, they were too vague, well, maybe that's really what it is. is There's just too vague. There's not a lot to tell you what really happened and, and kind of drive it. It's totally up to you based on the, you had a visitor and, and there was a storm. So when I played this and I'm writing in my stuff down in the journal, it felt really scripted. It didn't feel like there's surprises so much. A lot of times when I'm playing a solo role-playing game, because I'm drawing these events and I'm writing based on, on the triggers, the there tend to be more surprises. This this just didn't have it. Felt more like a, a writing a story than it did playing a game. In this case, I think. Other than the fact that I was rolling a couple dice, I wish there was some way to 
to flesh out those events more. I mean, it's fu- it doesn't have to tell you what the mystery is. You can still decide what it is, but I wish it was something more than just a supernatural storm and 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 one ship was sunk and from that you forgot what happened. And I'm sure it's it would be easy enough to come up with some sort of hack to do that to figure out uh, drawing a I don't know rolling some story cubes or drawing some sort of cards or making a couple charts to to look at and roll dice again to figure out more detailed what happened. But the the game doesn't bring that that'd be up to you to do yourself. I did I thought it was. One thing I did differently this time, and I thought it was kind of fun, a lot of these games have you write down a backstory first, come up with a backstory, and, you know, write out who I am, whatever the backstory is, depending on the game. And this time I decided I didn't really want to write down a story, so I kind of just very vaguely drew it. I came up with my thoughts and, and drew it out. Um, so the first page, I drew a map of the area. Uh, of where the town is and I kind of drew the town and the shape of the coast and where the lighthouse is and some of the other details around the lighthouse. The um, I have no idea, like I said, if Charmouth, Connecticut is a real place. I assume it isn't, so I just kind of made something up. I didn't try and look at anything to reference it. It kind of kind of looks like Innsmouth, I guess, in a way, from the pictures I've seen of Innsmouth Harbor and whatnot. I also borrowed something from California. There was something out in California, north of San Francisco, a few hours away, Russian Gulch State Park. There, it's this really nice park along at the beach, and then some trails go inland that you could hike and whatnot. But there is something called Devil's Punch Bowl right near the coast, which is basically a really big sinkhole where the water, uh, the ocean water coming in against hitting the sides of the cliffs down down below, over years and years and years and years and years, basically dug tunnel in underneath the cliff and has hollowed out a section and there's this big hole it's uh, I'd say about 100 feet 200 feet across and if you look down another good 100 feet down probably if not more you could see the water underneath just lapping back and forth as the waves come in and go and that's called the devil's punch bowl and apparently that's not the only devil's punch bowl the, the name is kind of common so I decided to, to put that in my game and I drew all this stuff in the on page one of my Logbook of the Lighthouse Keeper notebook. All right, so there, there's a little bit of the area and the story behind it, I guess, in a way. Um, the second thing I did was I drew a picture of the lighthouse itself on the cliffs with a punch that punch both in nearby. I tell you, the picture's not that great, but kind of gave me an idea, and I referenced it a few times as I was playing, and I found it useful. So this was a rather satisfying way to do it. The third thing I decided to do to have some backstory is I... I drew up a little, well, I made a little table and I called it the Le- the Charmouth Township Ledger, the the Lighthouse Keepers Registry. So it's just a list of all the lighthouse keepers that came before me and I wrote their names and their status. If, are they dead? They quit? They disappeared because of the mystery under the lighthouse, whatever. And the dates they worked. So just kind of flesh it out a little bit. And then I had to come up with characters. The next thing I did... This was kind of fun. I just drew little tiny pictures of each character that, that was important to everybody at the lighthouse. It was myself, a cat, a dog, and a horse. And then people in town that I knew, and I just drew a couple people. And that's fun. And they're little tiny pe- profiles done in pencil. They don't look like much, honestly. But, I again, I referenced that once in a while when I want to interact with a character. And having come up with four characters in the town hall, there's a Albin Martin who... Runs Martin's General Store. There's James Arthur that runs the lumber mill. 
And then there's the mayor and the mayor's assistant or secretary or something, I don't know, that work in City Hall. And so once in a while when I had to reference a character, I tend to, I picked from these. And I also drew a little map of the, the under the lighthouse, what it looks like. And it's basically tunnels that led to that, uh, to that devil's punch bowl thingy. Then I drew a picture of what my mystery is, finally. Because that's the last thing you have to describe in your backstory. So I decided I was going to have deep ones because Shadow of in's mouth, right? So I drew a picture of a, a deep one, which, you know, it doesn't look so great. Then I drew an altar, which actually came out kind of cool, I thought. And then I drew a picture of somebody, I, su I assume me, meeting a deep one in a chamber at the bottom of Devil's Cauldron. Uh, so it kind of implies that, yes, I, I know who they are. There's some sort of interaction. It does seem peaceable enough. And there is my backstory. It's like three or four pages there. Finally, I am ready to play. So what I did is each day, in the evening generally, I roll my three dice in the logbook. Here's what I wrote. The date, the number of ships from the D20, the weather. Well, I wrote the two numbers that I wrote on the dice, the low, the morning number and the evening number, because I think the order matters there. So it's a 6-3 or a 1-6 or a 1-2. And then I wrote what the weather is based on those two dice rolls die rolls um so it's clear and calm or sunny or storm eerie storm things like that you know one or two words because it's not a big space and finally my notes two small lines for example quiet day and productive albin visited then went to altar that's the whole entry for the day so each day again not very much to write there that takes a minute you know you roll your dice you look at the charts and then you write that and then the other part is your journal entry. And for that, again, you can do as much or as little as you want. I started with about a half a page a day. Um, as I progressed, some days were shorter, some were a little bit longer. My longest entry was about a page in one day, which is not much. And it's not a very big book. It's sort of slightly smaller than A5 size. Um, and that was that was how you played each day. You know, I kind of would write, and my story would evolve. What's going on? Again, it didn't leave me with much surprises. I knew what was happening. I kind of knew what was going on. I didn't really have everything figured out, but I was figuring out as I went along. But it didn't feel like didn't feel like a game. So I'm kind of disappointed with that. It's still really neat. I really love the idea of the login and the way it's done. Now maybe at some point I'll go back and pick it up because it, you know, it's ten or fifteen minutes a night. It's not a big investment of time, honestly easy to do and I got this notebook just for it you know I filled like the first two four six six pages so far with the log and then I flipped the book over and on the back I made a copy of the uh, the tide chart so I could reference it so now I don't have to keep referencing the the PDF and and then how to interpret the tide charts the, little, the three or four little tiny tables and then after that my journal daily journals and I got one two three four five six seven eight pages so you know just it's not much um so i've got like 35 pages in that book left so it's, it's, i'll be playing it through the end of the year before i fill it up or something assuming i play it every day so there you go that is logbook of the lighthouse keeper a solo role-playing game um as their subtitle says it is the highly hyphenated game of lighthouse keeping, I think is what it was, something like that. It's a highly, but it is a highly hyphenated title. Um, anything else about it? I don't know. 
It's a free PDF. I'll include a link to it. I believe I got it in Drive-Thru RPG. It, well worth the money. It was interesting to look at. It's, and it's it, a little bit disappointing, but easy enough to play that it, I, I don't feel let down per se. I just didn't love it. All right, that's it for this episode. Hopefully there'll be an episode next week. I would assume it's going to be sporadic through the end of the year, probably. I don't know what that means exactly. An episode every other week or, or less or more. Just, you know, don't be surprised if we miss a week. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-like license. Thanks for listening.